It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Alaska State Troopers report that a plane believed to be carrying two people to Ketchikan has been missing since Sunday. The plane, a Beechcraft Bonanza, left Glen Allen at 8.50 a.m. Sunday. It was last heard from about 18 miles inland of Cape Yakutaga, northwest of Yakutat. The Alaska Rescue Coordination Center is in charge of search efforts, which have been hampered by bad weather. Alaska State Troopers have informed the occupants' families that the plane is overdue. Although residents pay a premium for food and fuel, and especially housing, Sitka is far from the most expensive place to live in Alaska, and in fact lands somewhere in the middle. But this is cold comfort for Sitkins and residents of other communities, as Alaska remains near the top of the list of expensive places to live in the country as a whole. KCAW's Robert Woolsey has this look at recent trends in the cost of living published by the state. If you spend any time on social media, you've probably seen lists of the best places to live or the best places to retire, and the metrics those surveys use probably differ from those of the Alaska Department of Labor, which relies on cold, hard numbers. Economically speaking, Alaska is just not that attractive. The June issue of Alaska Economic Trends, published by the Alaska Department of Labor, reports that Alaska is the fifth most costly state in the U.S. to live in, behind New York, California, Massachusetts, and Hawaii. Food, fuel, and transportation are the main culprits, although in Fairbanks, the biggest burn, literally, is heating fuel, which is over 100% higher than the national average. Paying $100 for a large bag of groceries is becoming more common in urban Alaska. In Kodiak, almost a twin of Sitka's across the Gulf, groceries are 53% more expensive than the national average. Kodiak, Fairbanks, Juneau, and Anchorage are the only cities in the state whose data on consumer prices are compiled by the National Council for Community and Economic Research. Folding in data from some of Alaska's rural areas would skew the graph so far as to make it unusable. A gallon of gas in Galena, for example, was selling for just over $10 this spring. To learn how the rest of the state stands up, economists turn to a list generated by the Department of Defense, which adjusts military salaries according to the cost of living in communities where personnel are stationed. Wasilla is at the bottom of the list, although it's still 28% more expensive to live there than the national average. Bethel and Cordova are tied at the top at 46% more expensive than the rest of the country. Homer, Kenai, King Salmon, and Valdez are tied for second at 44% more expensive. Sitka, Petersburg, Juneau, Nome, and Wainwright are in third place at 38% more expensive than the rest of the country. And interestingly, when you subtract the high housing and utility costs, the military, which subsidizes housing, puts Fairbanks near the bottom at 34% above the rest of the nation. The good news is that inflation is cooling off in Alaska, and some prices are even coming down off their high last year, like meat, poultry, and eggs at the grocery store, and used cars and trucks. Housing is not coming down, though. The average price of a home in Alaska is now over $380,000, an 8% jump from last year. In Juneau, that figure is now over $500,000. 
Sitka's prices are in that ballpark, although the market is too small to say with any precision. The state does track rents, however, and puts the median cost for a two-bedroom apartment in Sitka at $1,400, just below Juneau and above Chugach. What the state doesn't measure is the burden created by high housing costs. In April, McKinley Research reported that almost a quarter of Sitka's homeowners and half of its renters pay a third or more of their income on housing costs, and cost burdening is not unique to Sitka. So, until someone starts factoring in the state's relatively low taxes and its superabundance of natural beauty and wild country, Alaska is not going to be topping those lists of desirable places to live on social media. And most residents can probably live with that. You can find a link to the June issue of Alaska Economic Trends on our website, kcaw.org. Petersburg's Assembly has set a new precedent for the sale of borough-owned tidelands. KFSK's Shelby Herbert has the story on the marine diesel repair facility at the heart of the issue. The owners of Wecon Enterprises Incorporated have been in the game for over 30 years. Now, Sherry and John Wecon are looking to retire and sell their business. The thing is, they own the building at 103A Dock Street, but they don't own the land beneath it. That's because their property is leased through what's called the Marine Industrial Park, which is managed by the borough. Now, the Wecon family's potential buyers, Earl Warner and Hillary McDonald, are having trouble securing financing because they can't purchase the business outright. McDonald says that's because the banks don't consider it a real property. The market value of the building, as we've learned through this process, is drastically reduced. And so while a bank will loan on a leasehold improvement, the value is not there, which There's a huge difference between the current market value as it stands and the asking price and what the WECONs need to get in order to retire how they planned. In order to offload their repair shop, the WECONs are petitioning to buy the land they've leased for decades. In her public testimony, Sherry Wecon asked the Assembly if holding onto the property is more important to them than any potential economic benefits to Petersburg, with special attention to their primary customers in the fishing industry. We have also lost a lot of shipyard businesses to Wrangell, South Seattle, Bellingham, and other small shipyards. Can Petersburg fishermen afford to lose more support to keep their fishing vessels running safely and efficiently? Assemblymember Scott Newman says the original concept of a leaseholder agreement already served its purpose, reserving the marine industrial park for marine businesses. But now, he says, it doesn't really work for the community. Uh, I feel like the borough's responsibility to the public is to encourage economic growth and not to inhibit it. I feel like we need to be in a good working relationship with our service providers. That includes an exit strategy for the people that have businesses to be able to transition and move on. Assemblymember Donna Marsh echoed Newman's desire to encourage local business growth. She also said it's important to her that the particular services offered by Wecon Enterprises prevail. We've got a critical business here, a diesel marine repair shop that I know when commercial fishermen are dead in the water, that's it. (laughs) Assemblymember Bob Lynn pushed back, saying it's a slippery slope. I think we're also setting a precedent because once we sell one, I see no reason that the assembly should not sell all the rest. 
and that could mean the borough won't be able to collect rent on all the waterfront property that gets sold down the line. There are 11 other properties in this kind of arrangement, netting the Harbor Department around $160,000 a year. Harbor Master Glorianne Wolin also has some reservations. She asked the Assembly to think about how the resolution could affect long-term projects on the waterfront. There are several waterfront leases that are located within other Harbor Enterprise locations, and I'm interested on how the Assembly evaluates future development that sometimes takes decades to plan versus immediate needs of an individual nestled within the property that the Harbor has interest in. The resolution to approve the Wecon Families application passed. Barely. Members Bob Lynn, Jeff Miucci, and Dave Kensinger all voted against it. And with that part out of the way, the Assembly unanimously voted to exempt the sale of the land from public auction. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. The body of a humpback whale calf was found Friday evening on the shore of Hump Island, about 10 miles northwest of Auk Bay. The animal was known locally by Juneau residents, who had named it Tango. Noah is still investigating what happened to Tango, but a post-mortem exam on Saturday revealed injuries consistent with a vessel strike. Mandy Keough, who coordinates NOAA's response when whales get stranded or struck, says collisions between boats and humpback whales in southeast are fairly common. Unfortunately, whale vessel strikes with humpback whales does occur. You can not see a whale until you are very close to them or until you unfortunately might um, run into them. Keo says Tango was born this year to Sasha, a whale who visits Juno every summer. A statement from Noah says Sasha had been seen near Juno this weekend and did not appear to be hurt. Keo says Noah received two reports of vessel strikes in the days before Tango was found. Biologists searched for any animals that were acting unusual or showed signs of injury. And in total, we found about 10 animals, and none of them had any evidence of any injuries. Keo says she doesn't yet know if those reports are related to what happened to Tango. Noah also cannot say what kind of vessel struck Tango, but Keo says all vessels operating in Alaska should be following Noah's guidelines for operating around whales. These are legal requirements that vessel operators have to undergo whenever they're around a humpback whale within Alaska, and that includes maintaining certain distances. The guidelines call for vessels to stay 100 yards away from whales and to avoid disturbing their normal activities. The full guidelines can be found on the NOAA Fisheries website. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Tuesday, August 29, 2023. A 30% chance of rain, mainly after 1 p.m. Patchy fog before 10 a.m. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with a high near 63. South wind around 5 miles per hour. You're tuned into your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. Mm-hmm. 